Okay, Be'ez HaShem, I want to start a brand new series, a very exciting series, um, Steps Towards Better Tefillah. Something which is very, very important. I want to speak a little bit today about an introduction. But I believe this is a topic that if we work on now, this is going to help us for the rest of our lives, but not only for the future, but also now. Okay, Tefillah is something which we will be, Eza HaShem will be explaining, is one of the most incredible tools that we have in our toolbox. And it is incredibly important to understand not only where does it come from, but how powerful it is. Okay, that's what I want to do. You know, I was walking down um, a couple number of years ago. I was walking down Meir Sharim on the way to give a share. And uh, an Israeli guy comes over to me. He didn't look particularly, you know, Haredi, religious even. He looked like, you know, regular Israeli guy that wasn't particularly makbid on halach or makbid the way he was dressed or what he was doing, whatever. It, was, it looked that way. And he stopped me, he says to me, do you have a moment? I said, I don't have that long, I have to give a shit somewhere. So he says to me, do you know, it's so natural for us that we're, we're in a situation, we just talk to the Rabbi Shalom. But we, we have who to talk to. We have an address where to send our requests to. He said, when a person's not religious, a person's not Jewish, a person doesn't have a relationship with Hashem, he doesn't have who to turn to. And, you know, it's such an amazing, enlightening thing from someone who's, you wouldn't have thought is so involved in tefillah, but yet he took tefillah to be something so incredible. And it's such a powerful tool, and yet we do it three times a day. And how many people really value tefillah? How many people work on their tefillah? Chazal tell us in the Gemara, Brochas Lamed Beis, Lamed Beis. Chazal tell us, Dalad Tzrichin Chizuk. There are four things that require chizuk, and one of them is tefillah. Which means Chazal are telling us that Tfilah is one of those things that you constantly have to work on again and again and again. As we will see. Be'ezus Hashem. The Mishnah, beginning of Perik Aleph and Perik Yavas, Mishnah base. The Mishnah says, Al Shloisha The world stands on three things. Right? On Torah, on Avoida, and Kibbutz Chasadim. Rabbi Yoyna explains, what does it mean, Al Shloisha Says Rabbeinu Yonah, this is why the world was created. The world was created for what? For Avoida. Nowadays, Eza Avoida Gemara in Tainis? Tefillah. That means, according to Rabbeinu Yonah and the Mishnah Perkyovist, one of the reasons that the world was actually created was for Tefillah. Because we don't have a Beisamic Dash, unfortunately. We don't have Karbonis. We don't have that Avoida. But we still have the Avoida of Tefillah. And that's why it's so important to realize what this is. The Gemara. And Brachas, as I mentioned to you, constantly says that we need to be machazik in tefillah. The Ma'ur V'Shemesh, Parashas Kiseitse, brings down that the Ikel Mulchamas HaYetzer, can you hear this? The main war that the Yetzer has on you is on tefillah. He lets a person learn, he lets a person get stucker, lets a person do chesed, davening. You want to have a relationship with Hashem? You want to talk to the Rabbi Nishlam? You want to talk to your Creator? Oh... Says the Ma'ar Shemesh, the Ikel Mulchama is on that. That's an incredible thing that a person has to realize. The Medrash and Parashas Miketz brings down Ein Lecha There is nothing greater than Tfila, which is the most incredible, incredible thing. The Medrash Tanchuma, Parashas Vayera, brings down that even if a person doesn't deserve to get his Tfila's answered, if he davens correctly, he will. The Gemara in Megillah, of Zayin The Gemara says, Gedoyle Tfila. Mitoira. What's the Raya? The Raya is from Elisha. The Mishnah Bruner, and he says that if a person is mavatled filler because of Torah, it's as if he learned nothing. I remember I was sitting by once by Rabbi Zulobach Shlita, and uh, Yeshiva Bacha came in, 
and he wanted to know that he was very into his learning. He wanted to know that if he if he spends spends longer davening, is that called bittel Torah on the Torah that he could have learned at that time? It was all taught him Torah has been in fact if you learn the Nefesh Chaim from Chaim Veloshin in Shardalit. So he brings over there the godless of Torah, 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 and he says that if the world would exist with a moment that there would not be Torah being uttered at that moment, the world would go back to Torah Vavo. Can you imagine? If there would be a moment in the world that nobody would be learning Torah, the world would disintegrate, would go back to pre-existence. Why? Because we need Torah. Says the Nefesh HaChaim, this part people don't know so much. Rabbi Pinkas always said this over. The same thing was with Tefillah. Can you imagine if everyone has exactly what they need? Life is going great. Everyone has the shidduch they want. Everyone has the marriage they want, the kids that they want, the amount of kids that they want, the behavior of the kids that they want, the parnasal that they want, the tie that they want, the pair of shoes that they want, the car, the house, the, heart, the vacation. Everyone has everything they need. You don't need to daven. So could you imagine, says Rabchaim Balaj and the Nefesh Chaim Shadalit, that if a person doesn't need to daven and the entire world is that way and you have a moment in the world where nobody will be davening, the world will go back to Tayyavavol. The world will go back to being nothing because there's no purpose of that. The purpose of creation, as Chazal is telling us, is to have a relationship with your creator. How do you have a relationship with your creator? You talk to him. How do you talk to him? You daven. That's what davening is. Okay? What's well, an incredible thing. Rabbi Chaim Knievsky brings in a Sefer Orchus Yosha. It's an incredible Sefer that Rabbi Chaim Knievsky wrote on things that people are generally being misalzal in. He has a chedik at the back about that. And he says... The whole tikkun of the upper worlds is to tefillah. Every world of tefillah that a person utters is making tikkunin ein kates lematan schoris, the Lashon of Chaim There is no end. You can't imagine the reward that you'll be receiving for that. You know what that is? Chazal tell us in the Gemara Brochus, Ein lo ekodesh bochu boilome ele ledal amasel tefillah bilvada rabbanisham is holding by tefillah. Do you understand what this means? Tefillah is something that holds the world up. It's something that brings us connecting to our Creator. The Gemara in Brachos Chavavam and Base tells us as follows. And the Gemara tells us how each of our others introduced Tfilah into the world. And we know that Avram was Mesakin Shachwes, Yitzhak was Mesakin Mincha, and Yaakov Avinu was Mesakin Mar, each to his own. So the Gemara tells us. Revelio Lapian explains like this. He explains that the role of the others, right? were basically almost like the pioneers in the telephone industry. Right? What, what does it mean, the telephone industry? When they originally created this idea of the telephone, of picking up a phone, and you have a wire that goes into the ground, and it goes somewhere else, and that reaches someone in America, and Australia, and South Africa, whatever it is, that was an incredible thing. And that was the people that laid down the wires to begin with, were the people that allowed all everyone else, all the generations afterwards, to be able to communicate with people around the world. So these pioneers, the people that made the telephone industry, did an incredible chesed for the entire world. Before the Ovesaklosim came along, before Avrom Yitzchak and Yaakov came along, and introduced Tfilah into the world, so basically we had no way of connecting. There was no real way, there was no concrete, substantial way of creating with, communicating with our Creator. So what Avrom Yitzchak and Yaakov did was exactly that. That's where Rebelli Lopian explains it, that they were like the pioneers of the television industry. They introduced communication. And that's what, it is, what it's all about. The Gemara tells us, the tiny stuff, based, based on the Pasuk, So the Gemara says, what is Eza Avoidi Shebelev? What does it mean? Serve Hashem, Bechol Levavachem, with your heart. How do you serve Hashem with your heart? 
You could serve Hashem with your body. You could bring him coffee. You could serve, you could serve anyone with, with, with your hand in a physical way. But how do you serve the Rabbi Nishanim, which is what we say in Kriyashima three times a day, serve Hashem with your heart. How do you serve Hashem with your heart? Says the Gemara, Okay, listen to this. Listen to this Maral Miprak. Unbelievable Maral Miprak. Rabbi said today we're just doing an introduction and Be'ez Hashem every day we'll try to work on something else but it's an incredible introduction to understand what is davening. Before you open up your Siddha and you daven Ashra Yeshua Vesech and you open up a Siddha and you daven Shemun Esra who are you talking to? Says the Maral Miprak. The relationship. What's the Loshon of Avoida? Why is it that the Torah calls it Ula Ovdoi B'chol Serve Hashem. Where does Ula Ovdoi come from? What's the root of the word? Eved. What is an Evid? An Evid is a slave. What's the definition of an Evid? The definition of an Evid has nothing. Masha Kone Evid, Kone Rabbi, the Gemara tells us. Which means an Evid has nothing on himself, right? An Evid can't own anything. Nothing belongs to him. Whatever he owns automatically goes to his master. That's the definition of an Evid. He's t- completely subjugated to his master. That's the best relationship with Hashem. Says the Maral. The reason why the Torah says, Avoida. Um, 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 to serve Hashem with your heart, Lashon, serve Lashon, Ebed, is the first thing a person has to do before he davens, is realized that he's a nothing. Everything comes from the Rabbani Shalom. And the Rabbani Shalom can give you everything. You're an Ebed. The Rabbani Shalom is the master. That's why, says the Maral, Tvila is described in the Torah as explained by Chazal in a Lashon of Avoida, in a Lashon of an Ebed. That's what it is. The most incredible, incredible thing. The Arve um, Nachal, in Parashas Vayakal, brings down that the Rabboni Shalom, in fact, wears uh, a certain crown that's woven from the tefillahs of Klal Yisrael. Every tefillah that's uttered with pure kavana is a beautiful gem, a beautiful diamond that the Rabboni Shalom takes and wears it on his crown. Not only that, says the Arvei Nachal, Parashas Vayaschanan, that tefillah is actually the key to the heavenly vault of blessing. If you want the key to the Rabboni Shalom's vault of bracha, you want to be able to access the vault, walk in there and take whatever you want, says the Arve Nachalet Tefillah. Tefillah is one of the most powerful things that we have. I remember I received a phone call from a lady. She told me that she was um, in a marriage which didn't work out too well. And it was about a 25-year marriage. It was terrible. To get the get took years and years and years. She had to go through the tsar and the pain of being an aguna. She wasn't able to get remarried because she'd never get... She went through terrible, terrible medical procedures where she was very, very sick. She needed serious surgery. She had a problem with Parnassar on top of that as well. And she was telling me all of this and I'm like, you know, whatever. So she says to me, what do you think kept me going? Rabbi, what do you think? That was a hard situation. Well, what, you know, what can I answer to such a person that went through so much? So she says, Rabbi, I'll tell you what kept me going. My Tehillim, my Siddha. That's what kept me going. I knew I had a relationship with Hashem. I knew I could talk to Hashem. Yeah, I may not hear physically the answer back, but I knew that the Rabban Shalom was listening to me. And that relationship kept me going. You know what that means? That means, you know, so often we go through hard situations, we go through hard times. We have to realize, if we build a relationship now, if we build our relationship with Tefillah, with our Siddha now, it will make everything so much easier. We know, in the parishes that we're learning now, that uh, Moshe Rabbeinu was told by the Rabban Shalom to go and save Klal Yisrael. Go down to Mitzrayim. Save Klal Yisrael. Moshe Rabbeinu says, <laughs> me? I'm not a big speaker. I'm not one of these big dynamic speakers that could go up to the most powerful ruler of the world, Pharaoh, and tell him, let my people go. This is not me. I don't do those things. This is not for me. And one of the reasons why he said that 
is because the Torah tells us, I, I can't speak properly, I have a speech problem. Why do I have a speech problem? Because Chazal tells us in the Medrash that he was young and he was in Paris Palace, he took the coal instead of the gold and he put it to his lip and because of that he burnt his lip and it made him have problems with speaking. Asks the Ramban a famous kasha. I said, just, like, well, just ask Hashem to take it away. <laughs> if that's the problem, say, God, you want me to go? No problem. Make me speak better. Make me have no problem with my lips. This will have no problem doing what you say. Answers the Ramban the most incredible insight. Of course the Ramban would have done it. But Moshe Rabbeinu never asked. And if Moshe Rabbeinu never asked, he never got it. From this Ramban, you know what we see? Most incredible thing. Rosh Pingus brings this also in the Sharon Betzfil in the beginning. That when a person is meant to get something, if you don't ask, you're not going to get. We'll talk about it later on, Be'ez HaShem, from Rabbi Yerucham and Das Torah, from, from uh, of Beratius, Be'ez HaShem. But the Yisoyed, is there are so many things the Rebunshan wants to give you. He wants you to have a good life. He wants you to have a great parnasa, an easy parnasa, a wife, children, a house, everything. The Rebunshan is waiting to give it to you. Did you ask? Because if you didn't ask, how's Hashem going to give it to you? The Rebunshan is waiting. As the Arab Nachal said, it's the key to the Rebunshan's vault of all of his treasures. Everything's in there. The Chaim Velozhen writes again in the Nefesh Chaim, this is Shar Beis, that we do not understand, we don't have the faintest idea, the Koyach of Tvila. We possibly we don't understand what the Koyach of, of Tvila is, meaning the Anchi Knesses HaGedoyla, some of them, Gedoinim Tzadikim Oylem, all of them, they put in, they packed into the words of Tvila, it's like dynamite. You just have to say it, and boom, it explodes. The Kavanas that they put in there are incredible. All we have to do is think about what we're saying. And we have to understand the Koyach of Tvila. Right? Even, even the Kavanas of the, Ram, of the Ariya Kodesh, all of these things, everything are nothing compared to the Kavanas that the Anshik Knesset Gdoyla put into our Tvila when we open up our Siddha and we learn and we say, Aleinu Lashabech Ladoin Akol, and we say, Avolet Sin Gol, and we say, Ashra Yoshwe Vesecha, and we say, Shmona Esra, and we say, Krishma Bichus Krishma Ava Rabba. Do we understand what it means that they packed into the words? These are words from the Anshik Knesset Gdoyla. These words of Chaivalosh have the most incredible power that we don't even have. The Mabit brings and say the Baisalakim that Tfilah is a mitzvah in the Torah. It's a mitzvah like any other mitzvah. And people often say, you know, I don't have Kavona. Like, I can't even dive in if I don't have Kavona, right? I assume not. It's a mitzvah. You, you, if, you, if you don't have Kavona when you pick up Dalaminim, you're not going to take up Dalaminim on Sukkot. Of course you are. Because it's a mitzvah, so I'm going to do it anyway. Same thing with Tfilah. Sometimes we don't have the Kavona. Sometimes we don't have the best concentration. We're not into it. Do it anyway. That's the Avoidah. Do it anyway, you'll see. When you develop a relationship, and I've told this to people who are going through a hard time, I'll often say to someone, they look at me like I'm crazy, but I'll often say, tell me something, when was the last time you spoke to God? I go, huh? <laughs> Rabbi, I came to you with like a shine of the advice, and I, I, what, 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 let's leave. No, when did you talk to Hashem? And often it's like, oh, no, I've done Milcha before. <laughs> no, I mean talk to Hashem, not say the words. When you actually talk to Hashem, and the more you do this, you'll build a relationship with the Rabbi Nishalem. You'll build, a rela- you'll build a relationship with your creator that will change your life. Because everything that happens in your life, whether it's good times or it's bad times, can be used through tefillah. You know, they say when a person goes to the kaisal and he sees somebody at the kaisal crying his eyes out. He's crying his eyes out. You feel so bad. What's he going through? And you not tap on the shoulder and you're like, is everything okay? Maybe I can get you something. Maybe you need some money to make. Maybe something tragedy happened. Maybe I can help you. What, what happened? And he, and he looks and he smiles. He says, no, it's okay. My, my last daughter got engaged last night, so I'm just coming here to thank the Rabbi Shlomo. You know, we often only thank Hashem or go to Hashem where like, things are tough. All of a sudden, like, where's Hashem? 
When things are going great. You ever had a good day today? You're alive? You could breathe? Could you see? Could you hear? Did your touch work? Thank Hashem. Have relationships with Hashem. Don't wait till Chas something's not working. Rahman and Latsan. And all of a sudden you start dabbling like anything. Start dabbling when it's much, much easier. You know, where they ask the question, the Chavis Alavavis asks his Kash and Cheshben and Nefesh. He asks, What is the purpose of Tfilah? You think Hashem doesn't know what you need? God, give me Parnassa! Hashem doesn't know what you need, right? He doesn't know you need Parnassa. So there's many answers, and we'll try to go through some of them as we go on. But the Chavis Alavavis explains Chas Shalom. We don't need to change Hashem's mind. If Hashem wants to give you bonus, I give you bonus. If he doesn't want to, he won't. So you could say one of the answers, like we said earlier, and that is, if you don't ask, you're not going to get. But the Chavis Alavavis gives us another answer. And the answer is that what Tzvila does is an incredible thing. It elevates the person. It makes you into a different person. By you davening, by you realizing nothing is yours, everything that you get is from Hashem, then all of a sudden, you've made yourself, you've transformed yourself into a higher person. Once you've done that, you're on a different level. So if there was something that the Rebbein Shem says you don't deserve, Hashem's going to say, I love it, go for it, you can have it now. Which means we've just found a new dimension of tefillah. Not only that which you were meant to get, you will get through tefillah, but even that which you were not meant to get, you'll get through tefillah. If you don't deserve a good panasa, if you don't deserve a good wife, if you don't deserve shonabayas, good children, health, whatever, if you ask, and you ask properly, and we'll discuss that as we go on, you will get it. And that's an incredible, incredible thing. Let me just end with two things, which I think are important. You know, we talk about tefillah, so we all daven, so we think like, you know, okay, so, you know. but again, what I'm doing over here is not teaching you about davening, and I'm probably not telling you anything you didn't know before, but it's like the Messiah Shom says in the Hagdoma. I'm not telling you Chedushim, I'm just reiterating that which you already know, and hopefully before you daven a mincha, a shachlis, a marif, it will machazik you a little bit. And the Shlomo Zalma brings a beautiful marshal. He brings a marshal of a king that loved music, and he directed his musicians to gather the most finest instruments and to play together every morning. They played in a beautiful way. And they respected the king and the king respected them. What an opportunity to play for the king in his presence. That was unbelievable. And they played with such enthusiasm because they knew that the king enjoyed it so much. Years and years went by and these musicians passed away. But their sons took their places. But they didn't master the musical techniques of their father they didn't, kept them, they didn't keep the musical instruments tuned like their father. Worst of all, they didn't love the king like their, like their fathers did before them. And to them, it was just a custom. Our parents did it, so we're going to do it. You know, our fathers played, so we'll also play. It was a custom that we did. And eventually, it became so schwach that the king said, I can't, I can't even listen to this anymore. And he stopped them from playing. Some of these, some of these kids decided to develop a renewed love and reverence for the king. And they understood why the king stopped them from listening. And they were determined to relearn what their fathers originally did, that forgotten art. And every morning, before setting out to the palace, they tuned their instruments, they practiced, they improved their skills, and they played. And all of a sudden, the music they played was now pleasing to the king. Since Rav Shlomo Zalman, we bring so much joy to the Melech Malchem Lochem when we daven. Sometimes it becomes a little bit of a mimic. It becomes a custom. We just do it because out of rope. We need to. We have to have the we have to have the we have to We don't think about it. We have to put thought in it and then it becomes unbelievable. Let me end, Rabbi, so with one last incredible but very famous story. And that is when the state of Israel was originally formed, Prime Minister Ben-Gurion was appointed on the cabinet over there. Now, amongst those that were selected was a, a, somebody called Zalman Oren. Zalman Oren was a non-religious Jew, and he was the minister of education when the state of Israel was formed. 
Now, um, he was very, very secular, but he was a very sincere person, and he took his, his position in the government very, very seriously, and his wife was very proud of him. His wife, Zalman's wife, was also a secular Jew. And, um, but what she did was one thing. There's one thing she did every week. She lit Shabbos candles. She didn't know anything else. She didn't understand anything else. But one thing she did, Erev Shabbos, she lit Shabbos candles. And every week she had a custom of praying, of davening that her child would be like the greatest Jew she ever knew, Ben-Gurion, the Prime Minister of Israel. That For her, that was the greatest Jew. It was unbelievable. And every single day, every single Friday, Erev Shabbos, she would light the candles and she would daven that her child be as great as Ben-Gurion, her role model, the Prime Minister of Israel. And then there was a famous meeting. Famous meeting with Ben-Gurion and the Chazanish. Right? Everyone remembers there was a famous meeting. They discussed various things about the army. And this uh, Zalman fellow, the Minister of Education, was actually present at the meeting with the Chazanish. And um, he comes home and he says to his wife, Wow, I just met a Malach. I met an angel. Uh, this Jew, I've never seen anything like it. He's an old man, but all the Jews listened to him and he, his, his advice was so sound, was so amazing. I've never met anything like this before in my life. That's what she tells her, uh, uh, that's what Zalman tells his wife. That Friday night, she decides to change her tefillah. She no longer davens that her child would be like Ben-Gurion. Because now her husband says that this is someone that even Ben-Gurion looks up to. She started to daven that her child should grow up like the Chazanish. She had no idea who the Chazanish, what he represented, what Torah is, nothing. But if that's what my husband and that's what the Prime Minister look up to, must be his Choshev. And she started to daven. Rebosa, years and years later, they, they, they realized that her grandson was a Choshev Arash Kodal here in Yerushalayim. Even though her grandparents were totally secular, totally not religious, because of the power of tefillah. The power of tefillah is so great, it could change anything. It could change our lives, change our family's lives, it could change Claudius' lives. But it's Hashem tomorrow, we shall continue.